0: Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair, the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today. AmericanBible.org/slash hero. It's time to face the music. It's your day in court with a people's lawyer, Bruce Hagan, and attorney, Ray Judice.
1: Welcome to your day in court with renowned lawyers, Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice, on Extra 106.3. We always start the show out by letting you know how to get a hold of these guys if you ever run into a legal issue. Great to be here today. Easy
2: to find me, Bruce at Hagen-Law.com. H-A-G-E-N is how you spell my last name. Uh, Check out our website. You can call me anytime, 404-202-2233. Even better, text me at that number with your question, um, and we'll get right back to you. And um, find me on Twitter. I'm still on that uh, platform, uh, which is always fun and entertaining for any number of reasons Uh, at peeps lawyer p-e-e-p-s peeps lawyer because i am the people's
1: lawyer apparently there you go that's the best way that's the best reason to go with it go with the name that people are going to recognize ray what's up
3: everything is good happy weekend thanks for listening 404-964-4185 that's my cell number goes off 24 7 it's true i never turn it off Uh, i like having the direct contact with my potential clients whether it's for the initial consultation or as As Bruce was just saying, that's not a case, I don't do patent law, but let me give you the names of the two gals I know at the big law firm that are experts, send them to them. Especially the more specific your case may be. Uh, You know, we're sort of in the era of specialization, whether it's medicine or law or engineering or any of the professions. So you wanna get to the right person and Bruce and I can help you do that uh, and give you our opinions. Still in business here in Roswell, traveling all over the state of Georgia. I was up in Athens, Georgia the other day for a case and I have to say it was delightful. That's a really nice little town. I, I didn't go to UGA. I went to Emory. But I understand why a lot of families have their children go to UGA. That is a nice little town. That's right. How about them dogs? It'd be a great place, Ray, for you to set up a satellite office, given that everybody I know whose kids have yes. gone to
2: UGA have ended up getting arrested for <laughs> one reason or another. Reason that's like, why, and that's the, why I was there. <laughs> yeah, the athens Clark <laughs> County uh, government seems to run on the backs of the fines paid by the parents of college students for things like being a minor in possession of alcohol.
3: Yeah, I know. We can take a 20-year-old. Old young man and send him or a young lady across the world to fight our enemies, but when they come back, they can't have a beer. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't a, seem right. I got a little bit of, yeah. you know, I'm not saying it shouldn't be a point where maybe 18, that was our rule growing up, 18, that seemed about right, should be no age for drinking and driving, that's fine, but I don't know, why can't I buy Sergeant O'Malley a beer who just came back from fighting the Russians? You're here, here, man, as a guy that served in the Navy.
1: You know what, we we're we going to start out with the, the Murdo trial, but I think we should move that to the end because we were just talking about alcohol and and looks like Bruce has got a uh, a late Christmas gift in front of him that looks like a nice whiskey, a nice bourbon. Yet your wife, she likes the fireball. Now there's a lawsuit about fireball whiskey. The one that you buy in the gas station, like at a BP or an Exxon, isn't exactly like the one that you might buy at a package store.
2: Yeah, uh, that's a hundred percent correct, and it's uh, a little bit misleading. And, and to my wife's credit, she through one of her friends discovered Fireball. Uh, let's say you know it's a cinnamon whiskey, or at least we you know so we thought. Uh, probably about ten years ago, she was late to the party, but somebody gave her one of those little airplane-sized bottles of Fireball. And she's such a lightweight. I mean, it took her an hour and a half to get through about half of it. The airplane Uh, bottle? (laughs) Wowzers. But but she loved it. And so we came back from this trip, and that became her new thing, right? And she only wanted those little mini bottles. I bought her a full-size bottle, figuring, you know, this is silly to get these little one-hitters and uh, spend that kind of money. Let's just get a regular size bottle and pour it out. she's like, I don't like it as much in the big bottle. It's like, you're crazy.
3: Let me say something. Now, Tug, you'll, you'll know this. You're a Southerner. Yes, sir. And a coca-cola drinker from the south will say one thing the best coca colas are the six ounces from mexico absolutely because they use pure cane sugar Ooh. And it's something about that. Is it a six ounce or a seven ounce yeah, bottle? Yeah, so it's a, whatever it's the, small it's a glass bottle. Not but a can, Coca-Cola, not the plastic. Right? you got to co- get it in the international
2: Coca-Cola makes no bones about it, that they have different flavor recipes for different sure. markets. I want the And, and so the cocaine if, you to the Coke, <laughs> in, if you ever go to the that's world the of original. Coke,
3: if you ever go to the world of Coke. That's the original. I didn't say no that one gone so, yeah, well, though. No, the original <laughs> recipe right, it allegedly. had cocaine it, in it. Yeah, okay.
2: Let's let's take that as being true. Okay. But if you go to the world of Coke, for example, when you go to leave, they have Coca-Cola from all over the world, uh, and you can taste the differences of what it's like in, you know, Arabic countries versus in Eastern Europe, Italy. versus Italy, Europe, yeah. versus here. And the you know, everybody said I forget where it's from, but the Beverly is the one that everybody remembers because it's got this nasty bitter taste to it. Uh, but you can't leave without at least trying it. Um, but so so as it relates to this, at least. It's marketed as the same thing. Uh, This is fireball cinnamon whiskey. But, um, you know, why is it for sale in gas stations? Gas stations can't sell whiskey. We know that to be the case. Well, it turns out that this was what appears to be a consumer fraud in that um, they uh, have a different brand of fireball. And it's just fireball cinnamon versus fireball cinnamon whiskey um, that is not considered an alcoholic beverage and can be sold over the counter at convenience stores, at grocery stores anywhere, the average consumer is easily deceived by this, and that becomes the basis of a class action. So um, yeah, I, I uh, tried to reach out and say, I think my wife should be a named plaintiff, uh, <laughs> lead, right. lead plaintiff in That's that right. case. and and so I, I I gave her a big apology because it turns out she was right.
3: It's possible that they have a different formula, maybe maybe a different amount of alcohol also for the airplane size bottles. Uh, I would expect it to be lower because of all the the uh, fussing and fighting we've got with drunkards on yeah, the, the airlines. airlines yeah. I, I, I might turn it dial it down if I was, if oh, I was me too. So Some would say, you know, like, if, you're, if you're drinking
2: that garbage, it's assumption of risk. And you get what you <laughs> deserve. Right.
1: But 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 to the point, though, um, if it was intentional to mislead, and I'm sure that's what the, the lawsuit is. Right. That they knew that people were going to buy this thinking that they were getting something else. So. I I can kind of see that. But then there's that the common sense of, you know, they can't sell liquor at a gas station, at least in Georgia. Actually, in like in Missouri, you can. So if you live in Georgia and you, you know that, then are, don't you know?
2: Yeah, and that's the essence of this lawsuit is that this was intentionally misleading and, and that it was intended to deceive the public into believing you're purchasing one thing when you're really purchasing something different. Um, these will be the sort of uh, theories that get developed through the discovery process. Um, If in fact it's accurate, you know, and through the paper trail that is inevitably left behind, if there's emails saying, hey, look, we could sell this, oh, you know, just anywhere in the country without having to do it just at a liquor store and people will think they're getting the same thing. And by the way, let's put the cinnamon whiskey in the smallest allowable font on the label that we can do and so then when we do it on the other product that's not whiskey it'll still be small nobody's really looking to see it Um, you know this is the sort of thing that gets manufacturers in trouble because you're making a conscious effort to deceive in order to profit from that and
3: Mm -hmm. the reason this would be a class action is that each individual plaintiff their harm is so de minimis it's the value of the product and maybe maybe the sales tax and uh, one dollars worth of pain and suffering. So you've got to gather gather thousands and thousands of these claims for it to be valuable, the claim made of worth pursuing. But at the end of the day, what's going to happen is, and, and maybe everyone got one of these checks in the mail recently. I think it was from AT and T for fourteen cents. You know, for some cost them more some, to send it out. Right, it costs more to mail it. And the only folks that are going to make money off of this. Are the lawyers because their fees come off the top of course generally have to be approved by the federal court or state court judge that has certified the class action so they'll get paid and all one day you'll walk to the mailbox and you'll get a nine cents refund or a dollar nine cent refund for your firecracker yeah,
2: let me just put you this way: if uh, fireball. if involved if, fireball. One, if one day um, you know uh, we open the mail and there's a coupon in there for a, <laughs> right. free, a free Fireball, a sleeve of Fireball Minis uh, that are the real whiskey, I consider that a victory. That's
1: a win. No, absolutely <laughs> that is a win. I'd be all I'd be all in for that one. Just I'd, frame
2: it. Just yeah. it's
3: not worth cash.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: Well, no, if you get the whole sleeve though, if you get that's if, right, if they oh, refut, oh right yeah right, they, right. But I mean, the likelihood of that seems pretty low, right? Somebody
2: uh, brought. And now I have to go back and look. Cause somebody got my wife as a birthday gift. It was actually a bucket of. The, of those little airplane, so bottles. now you got to go and inspect. So now I got to look in the bucket and see: is this is this the whiskey or is this just the cinnamon drink? It, it's it's like if you took those uh, Red Hots, you know, the candies, and you just melted them down. I think that's that's what this stuff is. Yeah, um, I don't want to say it's nasty because I've I've certainly had my share of it, uh, but it is kind of nasty.
3: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah it's but who didn't grow up on Boone's Farm or? One of those sweet-tasting... Got to start somewhere. Not right? while I was in the Navy and underage, but uh, but yes, right. it was
1: very inexpensive. Mad Dog 2022 yeah. was one that uh, that that some people told me about while I was in the <laughs> service, not that I ever consumed any of that.
2: Boone's Farm is most clearly a gateway alcohol. <laughs> <It just laughs> get, gets you into something was like, this tastes kind of like apples, but you know, not quite not right. exactly. <laughs>
1: like apples and feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just really, really bad. Goodness, this is the... But yeah, uh, it does
2: point out the value of the class action system like like Ray's talking about, even though he's, you know he can't help himself but using his fancy emery words. I mean, he throws de minimis in there, but yeah. you know, it's essentially saying that That's when, a, I pay for a, that when a harm is so small, but it's repeated over the course of time that you couldn't justify chasing after it for the one individual instance, but you can uh, over the course of a large number of them. So, you know, the blockbuster return policy where it was guaranteed to force you into paying late fees, things like that, that no individual could sue on, but over the course of the thousands and thousands of times it's repeated, it becomes a big deal. And so that's why, that's why this system exists. And yes, you know, lawyers do make money in it. There's a lot of, um, awful aspects of the mass tort system. Um, but there's some real benefits to the public too. Um, I was talking to somebody this week, a reporter was doing an investigation on the damage that people suffer from potholes to their car. And especially where, you know, let's say the state is on notice that you've got a road that has a lot of potholes and, and, People keep complaining. You know, that one instance of damage to the car—it's a big deal to the to, to the, owner. the driver and the owner of the car. You know, it might. You might need to replace a tire. You might need to. You might break an axle. Right? It can cause all kinds of damage, um, but it's not enough really for a lawyer to justify the business decision of I will, pers- you know, pursue this case on your behalf against the state of Georgia. Nor is it the sort of thing that can be sort of assembled into a class action. Um, and so the state essentially is in a position where they just are not held accountable for the failure to maintain roads. And I think
3: that's something that both Bruce and I have probably had to grapple with where especially if it's a former client or a current client and they come to you with this grievance, you know, whether it's the the bottle of, of poorly marked alcohol or the pothole and they're really enraged. I mean, it is a matter of principle and firm held belief and they want us to charge up San Juan Hill with them, you know, <laughs> with one bullet on our in our revolver against the state of Georgia because we should obviously be as passionate about it as they are. And sometimes sometimes we have to do as Bruce just did, so look the cost of doing business here is not worth it, whether for me or for you. And what I try to do is explain to the client what the real cost is that if we get into litigation you're not going to be able to go to work for a few days because you're going to be deposed. And you're going to have to go to court with me for court calls and things like that. Now, when we go to court, Bruce and I, we know where to park, we know where the bathrooms are, and sometimes the judge has us in the back for a cup of coffee. But it's going to be one of the hardest days of your day, of your week.
1: Yep. Yeah. You're not Se- going to like it. Seems like a lot to ask there. This is Extra 1063 and your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice. When we come back after a huge celebration after back to back national championships, Georgia issues a new statement on the crash that killed a football player and a team oh. staffer. After that celebration went down, we'll talk about that next on Extra 1063 in your day in court.
0: Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair. The ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the US military. And they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org slash hero.
4: Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at audiatlanta.com. And you Use the Gem Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online. Or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36 month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, $537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with $4731 do at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP $49,905. Excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires $531,24 with approved credit.
0: This is Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagan and Ray Judice on Extra 106.3. Welcome back
1: to Your Day in Court with Bruce Hagen and Ray Giudice on Extra 106.3. My name is Tug Cowart. Man, I was celebrating on January 14th, Georgia, with their back-to-back national championship celebration and parade, and it was a glorious day in Athens, but then... The early morning hours of Sunday the 15th, the celebration had come to a bit of an end because of the crash that happened that morning that took the life of a football player named Devin Willick and a staffer, 24-year-old Chandler LaCroix. They, two other people were in the car, a, another staffer, another, another player. They were injured but were released and, and are okay. Now comes the, the, a lot of questions what what was happening why were they out at two thirty in the morning what was going on was there alcohol involved speed involved and it looks like speed definitely I guess we're still waiting on the toxicology report you know and some people get mad when you ask these questions and I don't understand why they would be mad because I would want to know too if I'm if 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 I'm the parent of the the child that was killed I guess the young man that was killed but um that gets you to liability too, because there was uh, initially there was going to be this big press conference with lawyers, and then that was scrapped. And UGA comes out and said we're we're taking care of this family, and the family agreed, and and so that's where it is now. So it's a little bit hazy for me as to what's yeah. happening.
2: And it, it wasn't just going to be a press conference with any lawyer. Okay, this press conference was being held by somebody who markets themselves under the name of Go Big Injury Lawyer. Yes, that's and, right. And you know, I, I think there's any number of names you could come up with to promote your firm, but go big injury lawyer. If that doesn't just kind of hit you right below, (laughs) right between the legs. Uh, it's just such an awful name that kind of ties in with, you know, everything that's every bad perception and stereotype that people have about lawyers go big injury lawyer. And yet, I'm sure that guy's phone rings off the hook, and and in some ways, I'm just I'm only griping about it because I didn't think of it myself. <laughs> um, you know, it's a quick sidebar. There's there's this billboard on I-85. I started seeing a few years back, uh, and it it's for a guy called My Bald Injury Lawyer, or, or I'm sorry, MyBaldLawyer.com, and I just thought. Damn, that's good. Why, if I'd have thought of that, I'd have shaved my head. <laughs> no <laughs> like, way,
1: man! You got that nice thick mane. I, no yeah, way, it's
2: true. And you should go on my website, Hagen-Law.com, <laughs> to see it. But uh, I, I would have shaved my head if I came up with that. My bald lawyer. I wouldn't thing. have let you. But at any rate, so so yes. Yeah, so, so this. Um, press conference was announced and ultimately, um, somewhat, um, he went forward with it, but the father had sort of undercut him by saying like, I'm not doing anything. And I feel like I'm being taken care of, which he's not. Um, but you know, we'll see. And, and each parent of the deceased 20 year old has the ability to come forward and bring this case on his behalf, assuming that he wasn't married at the time, which he wasn't, and if he had no children, uh, it would be the child's case if he did. But So either parent could bring, a, could bring a case. But in terms of the investigation that's going forward, yeah, it is important to piece together every last bit of what happened um, going back way before the actual night of the incident. You said staffer, referring to- uh, The LaCroix. The LaCroix was driving and, and the other one in the backseat. But they're not just any staffer. This is not just any employee of the university. These are- folks who work within the recruiting staff, okay? So they're specifically there to recruit players, whatever that means. Now, prior to the transfer portal, um, that meant one thing and one thing only. We have to get kids out of high school and get them to come and play for University of Georgia. The transfer portal is something that was created several years ago, which allows college football players to be somewhat like free agents in pro sports, where if they wanna make a change and they wanna leave, they can go leave and go play somewhere else with no penalty to them. It used to be you had to get permission to leave a school and even then you could potentially be forced to sit out a year before you could start playing. Now with the transfer portal, you're a free agent, you can leave anytime you want. So the recruiting process has changed because not only is a coach measured by the players you can bring to the university, but you're also measured by the players that you keep on the team. And Kirby Smart has been very out front about, we can't just get these good athletes. We got to keep them here. So he's always recruiting, and you have to recruit existing players that you have there. So as it gets into what was going on that night, what was going on after the parade and the celebration, how did this tie into apparently a trip to a famous Athens strip joint at 2 a.m. that that the four people were seen leaving just before crash time, Uh, on their way apparently to Waffle House. Does this fit into the job description? Um, Probably not on paper, but in terms of your job is to make sure that our players stay here and don't enter the transfer portal, yeah, it very well may be that she was just doing her job, and if that's the case, then the university as employer can easily be held accountable for the actions
3: of their employee. Right. This is, is, you know, a little difficult to talk about just a few days after this tragedy. Uh, if you happen to have an old copy of Webster's Dictionary in your home or in your office, you'll notice there's thousands and thousands of words in the English language. And there's no combination of those words that truly describes the horror and the sadness and that all of us feel, and especially the university and these people's families and friends, and the two other young adults who were injured in this. So it's just a tragic situation, but we're here on a law show, so we're going to talk about the law a little bit. And what Bruce is talking about, two different, somewhat different theories, but they overlap each other. One is called agency, Respondiat superior. Uh, so it's my vehicle uh, at the law firm, and I give uh, one of my staff members the keys to my car and send them to Office Depot to get a whole bunch of paper and pens. And they run through an intersection and hurt somebody. My law firm is on the hook. That's a- they are the, my agent. I am responsible for their behavior. Now, wh- which layers of insurance we're going to use, my car, my corporation, my net, you know that's that's a different issue. but we I am responsible. And just uh, just to dive in on that. That The person is responsible because what they're
2: doing is within the course and scope of their employment. employment. right? right? Their job is make sure we have office supplies, so here, go get us the office
3: supplies. And in a workers' compensation world, the language is called dominion and control. At the time that you were hurt, maybe you weren't at the office side of the factory, but you were running an errand for your company, for your employer, and the accident happened and you were hurt, you're under their dominion and their control, following orders and of course there's a whole thing about fun and frolic and that may be part of this now did she and as an employee of the uga deviate from the instructions of the job title from the you know the protocol who owns the vehicle who paid the tab who bought the alcohol these are all questions that are unfortunately going to have to be delved into to see who's responsible quite frankly for the compensation in this matter There's also issues of speed, so did you assume some risk by exceeding the speed limit? Keep in mind there are two ways to be charged with speeding under Georgia law. One is to be traveling above the posted speed limit, but the other one is called too fast for conditions. So the area may have been marked 45, posted 45 miles per hour speed limit, but it's a downpour, torrential rain, and there's leaves in the roadway. 45 may be too fast for those conditions okay it's a little bit more of a difficult case to prove than the old laser case or radar case but we're gonna they're gonna get the black box out of this i believe it's a ford expedition new model it's got all kinds of technology it's going to show the speed if there was any braking deceleration speed at impact how many feet after after the impact did the vehicle travel it looks like i mean to take down a couple of telephone poles in a tree it's at least the posted speed limit
1: yeah that car that that suv was destroyed i'm surprised anybody survived that wreck the yeah, way that the uh, way that SUV you know went. it's
2: it's it's really interesting having handled so many car wreck cases um how you can have catastrophic injuries or death from some wrecks that really just don't look that bad just looking at the car um, and then you can have cars that are completely flattened and people walk away from it with relatively minor injuries it, it's it's a mistake to look at the damage to the car and assume what' That's went right. on inside of it yeah That's right. but it's a mistake we all make and it's it's, you it's can't easy help enough it, and, though. you know I've tried this before uh, we're getting off topic here but um, whenever there's an injury that occurs in a low impact um, well let's say a low property damage crash um, the defense lawyers always want to show that pictures to the picture to the jury and they don't show it because they want the jury to see that hey look what the car looked like they show it because they know the perception is if the car looks like this how could anybody inside of it be injured and yet that is a question of science it's a question of the transfer of force and how cars are built built and do they transfer force to the occupants on the inside and what are the biomechanics of that and
3: how does that tie in with the propensity to cause an injury and of course you take your plaintiff as you find them all of so that. a minor impact to Mrs. Greenbaum, eighty-nine years old with with degenerative disc disease, it was now become that was asymptomatic, right, Bruce? That means it didn't bother her, but her discs and her vertebrae were shot, and now she's in extreme pain and suffering from a low velocity impact at the Kroger. Yeah,
2: and and so, at any rate, you know, we try frequently yeah. to say, hey, Judge, th- this would be prejudicial for these pictures to be shown to the jury without having the expert opinion behind it to say that this this crash did not cause the injuries that are being claimed here it's 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 one thing you know look, people say evidence is prejudicial anytime they don't like it yeah. but that doesn't mean it's inadmissible but it is inadmissible if it's not if it's prejudicial and doesn't serve a purpose right and and so if the purpose is invalid but there's a way to do it correctly with an expert witness then force that to happen so as soon as I win one of those arguments, I'll yeah, let you I know, know. that'll be, be re- the first yes. time I've ever I'll won never it. i <laughs> it <laughs> uh, but I've never, I've never— Yeah,
3: and I'll I, copy I, it from you. I, <laughs> I,
2: what, I've, what I've gotten is the equivalent of a pat on the head from Thank judges. You. Thank like, you, you know, Mr. Hagan. That's, that's a cute argument, Mr. Hagan. Let's move on.
3: Your objection is duly noted, and you can travel <laughs> yeah. up to the Court of Take Appeals Take it to the Court of Appeals.
2: So, <laughs> so, but, you know, as it relates to this, yes, certainly the speed of the vehicle can be determined. And this was a rented vehicle. It was rented by the athletic department. Right. Which means
3: they owned it. At that For the point, purposes of this legal theory of res- of responsibility and agency, UGA owns that vehicle.
2: Yes, and 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 the staffer from the recruiting mm-hmm. department is being provided
3: with this vehicle, presumably to take players around and prospective players around. And I think it's a fair assumption, but we don't know that someone whose job is to recruit and retain, basically employees of the university, athletes, that's not a nine to five job. There's an entertainment factor. You all, you ask all oh your sales gosh, guys yes. and gals out here. You know, the real work, the real sales job is done at, over dinner. At 3 a.m. At, at, at Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> yes. but, and, that, and so that could be, you know, that's going to be part of this. How often were these athletes entertained or accompanied by staff yeah. after 5 o'clock in the afternoon? So all
2: of this is the sort of thing that the university, in in terms of their investigation, objectively on the surface, it looks like, yeah, they're just trying to get to the bottom of what happened. Mm -hmm. The reality is they're looking at how can they shape this set of facts in a way that
3: insulates them from any liability down the road. Well, they have already come out and slowly started to shape this, as Bruce is saying, and that this was not an approved activity, meaning going to the strip club. Uh, They're circling the wagons, which their lawyer and lawyers Wh- whom are wonderful. I ran into one of them up in Athens the other day, and you know they're just they know what they're doing, and their job is to protect the shield. Uh, it Doesn't mean there can't be a compassionate outcome, but that's not going to happen until we've got some legal work
2: done. And sometimes you see settlements that take place sort of out of the public
1: eye,
3: mm, where sealed. a company
2: just says, you know what, it's it's good business for us to take care of the family of one of our athletes who was because right. that's it.
1: what it appears in the and. In, uh, at right. least to the layman. That's yeah. what it appears it, it looks like. That way.
3: This is a public university, right? They can't do that. It's, it's going to be public record whatever compensation uh, is yeah. paid because it has to be approved by the Board of Regents. Exactly. So this, this, you, this There's mm-hmm. going to be daylight. Sh- uh, I'm sure sh- you've settled cases against the state of Georgia. Yeah, and it's not it's easy. It's not that easy. But, this, right.
2: but it's certainly never confidential, and it, and it
3: can't be. Uh, you're going to see um, the attorney, gen- the state attorney general's office right. will be involved in so this. So you'd case. like to think
2: that um, – potentially the family of the victims or families of the victims are doing their own parallel investigation. You know, Ray brought up a good point. These are tragically sad incidents when you're talking about somebody, a 20-year-old dying, uh, two 20-year-olds or a 25-year-old dying. Um, You know, they're horribly sad situations and the family should grieve and should have time to grieve. But while the family is grieving, the prospective defendant is out there preparing their defense. They're, the university is saying the right things publicly, but behind the scenes, just like a trucking company, just like any business, they are doing everything in their power to make sure that they
3: either don't have to pay anything, or that they minimize what they do have a, to pay. A highly compensated expert, accident re-control expert or team has already been retained by University of Georgia, and they either have examined that vehicle from top to bottom, in, it may be in possession of the state or local law enforcement, but they're going or they're going to buy it from Hertz or whomever they rented it from, and it's going to be kept in the lawyer's warehouse as attorney-client privilege information, right? And, and I've had to have this very uncomfortable
2: conversation with grieving families many times, um, and it's a hard conversation to have, and it was really hard when I was a younger lawyer um, because while the family is grieving and while they're focused mm-hmm. on the things that matter— it's important that you're not wasting that opportunity Mm -hmm. to to build up your own investigation and do the things you need to do to be able to prove something later because the time will come and, and it's going to come at a different point in time for everybody because everybody grieves differently. But the time will come when at some point the question comes up, who was responsible for this and, and why did this happen? And is there anything could be done about it? And, and if you wait, You know that six months that it takes you to get to the point there this evidence is
3: gone and the roadway has changed it's been repaved new poles are put up higher curbs lower curbs more signs danger warning high speed curve ahead i mean you got to get to the scene now when i was a baby lawyer in the 80s before all this technology stuff and google earth and satellite photos if i had an accident case and i had a few of them or an accident case which resulted in a serious charge to my client You'd find me Sunday morning, early, before the traffic picked up, which is a hard time in, in Atlanta, walking the road. Uh, we used to have a, a measuring wheel. Did you have a measuring oh yeah, wheel? Oh, still do. With my little Instamatic camera, and if I really needed it, I'd get George Pearl from Alps, uh, and somebody who was a professional photographer. We used to hire, there was an airplane service out of Peachtree Cab right, and they used to take aerial photographs. george George, George, George
2: specialized in aerial photography and a certificate and
3: we used to now and and, but i will say this much and it's just personal when you get out there and walk the scene of an accident or of an arrest or crime scene man you learn so much so you go to an intersection where your client's accident occurred and when you get out there you notice there's an awful lot of glass and metal and license plates and, and back in the day hubcaps in this intersection it can't just be from our wreck this might be a poorly designed intersection. There may be something else here. Did the DOT fail to design this properly or put up signs or is just everybody going too fast? So you get out there and walk it and, and sure enough, uh, I had a case a few years ago, a local case in Alpharetta. I got to the scene within 24 hours. It was in front of a restaurant. And as I'm out there doing my little personal work, one of the, one of the restaurant kids came out and said, hey, are you here about that accident it happened the other day? We've got it on our surveillance camera. Oh yeah! Thank you. <laughs> oh yeah! And the poor guy in driving a Porsche that ran over my client. We had him on videotape. Good. Yeah.
2: Now Ray makes an excellent point. There's no substitute None. for for being on the scene. Um, Both from your own personal understanding of what happened, but yes, the the ability to gather additional information. Um, These days, you know, you go out to some place, and it could be in rural Georgia with nothing else out there, but somebody's got a ring camera on their porch, and some of those ring cameras are just recording everything that goes on in in front of them.
3: Uh, You just don't know what you might find. The ATM Um, camera at the shopping center across the street is running for security purposes. Uh, there's cameras just everywhere. You can't always get
2: the footage, but at least if you know it's there, you've got a place to start. Exactly. Right. Um, a- and the other thing we find out is that what's on those um, videos doesn't always help you, uh, be- but at least you know <laughs> you know what, you're you know dealing what your dealing problems with, are. Right. So you can advise your client uh, properly. Yeah, we're dealing with something right now in a, a tragedy, and for a very experienced bicyclist was killed um, in a crash with a car in an area near his home. That you know. We know he's ridden hundreds of times well um just like cars have data recorders a lot of uh people who run or ride bikes will record their own rides and and they keep track of them and they keep a log of them and so we've got a history um of his movements from this particular ride and then going back over time and we could see well what's different here we're getting that stuff analyzed and trying to see if there's anything there other than what it you know it looks like on the surface. So these are the things that the police don't do, um, but a good investigator does, and, and you just need to dig in. So, so these, you know, there will be things that turn up in the course of both the university's investigation and any private investigation that's done that will make you question whatever it is that we currently know about the, the events of that night will we'll bring it all into question as more of this information I comes I would out. say
3: that due to the, uh, the deaths involved, the high-profile nature of this, the fact that the state of Georgia is involved, uh, University of Georgia, that you may see the State Patrol skirt team called in on this to have that sort of... Is that accident reconstruction? Yeah, we're not okay. going to handle this at the city level or the county level. We're going to bring in... Who are truly professionals and are, you know, at least in theory, supposed to be above the local politics of the game, and those folks do know what they're doing.
2: Yeah, they're they're supposedly the best of the best when it comes to mm-hmm. accident reconstruction, um, and yet I have butted heads with them sure. on so many occasions. Well, we have the best over, of our over, best too, over their course. inadequacies, <laughs> um, and and again, particularly with bicycle crashes. But um, they, they are the, the most highly trained of any of the officers. And so when you get a death case or catastrophic injury, they'll bring them in usually right away to to get involved there. You know, Ray, another issue that comes up in this case as it relates to the agency and the role of the recruiting staffer is that, um, forgive me for not knowing the player's name who's in the backseat of the car, Um, but but he had already declared for the draft. So he's somebody who I I don't know that he can rely on the same argument that I was still being recruited given that he's announced his intention to no longer be back at the university. Warren McClendon. McClendon. And and so that may also lead to this idea that, okay, you know, you only had one player who was potentially coming back the next year. um, And that's Mr. Whitlock who was killed. And so, you know, is, is that enough or is the fact that you've got players in different categories going to somehow or another come up right and you've got also
3: different issues of of financial damages so just because you declared for the draft that doesn't mean you're going to be in the second round slot number seven with you know with a certain amount of money that in the law that may be declared to be speculative now certainly you can make a good argument you can call expert witnesses these draft experts maybe he's on
2: Mel Kuyper's big board yeah
3: he's almost always wrong He's, Have you I ever mean, noticed he's that? He's more wrong than I am, I've noticed and that I don't too. know anything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's wrong so much that you wonder how
3: you could be that wrong so many and times you and you'd still be considered the expert in your field. It's amazing. But, but you know, you could, we could bring Mr. College Football. You know, Yeah. Chuck. Chuck Oliver. And Chuck King. could say, this is where this young man may about been drafted. You can, bring, you can bring somebody from the Falcons. I mean, there's a way to establish. agents. The the va- the potential yes. value of that career, which is three years on the average, that's the other problem. Uh, but what about the name, license, and image thing? I mean, sure. there's so many components of the financial losses, not just for the decedent, but the two other injured individuals. Just if you can't work for 25 years.
1: Closing right? thoughts here. What do you think that that number looks like? Because I'm curious now. Because you said you you thought that George is going to take care of them, but it might not be what they would have gotten if it had gone to court sure so
2: if you were just looking at you know how do you determine the value of the life of a 20 year old Seems um, potential pro football player you know a six foot seven 325 pounds starting offensive lineman at a two-time national championship team and and what is that person's um how do you value that life
1: we'll continue this conversation next on your day in court with what happens next following the, uh, the results of any investigation that does happen with the wreck at the University of Georgia here on Extra 106.3 in your day in court.
0: Right now, American heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on Earth, risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair, the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org slash hero.
4: Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at AudiAtlanta.com. And you Use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online or shop in person on Petrie Boulevard just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease. 2024 Audi A5 Sportback 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year with 4731 due at signing. Example stock number A25954, MSRP 49,905. Excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 531.24 with approved credit.
0: This is your day in court with Bruce Hagan and Ray
1: Giudice on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to your day in court on Extra 106.3. We're going to finish up on this conversation about the uh, tragic accident that uh, killed one University of Georgia player and one staffer. What happens next? And then I'll introduce you to Ray and Bruce and figure out how, if you need their help, you can reach out to them and get a hold of them. You said you, you thought that Georgia is going to take care of them, but it might not be what they would have gotten if it had gone to court.
2: Sure. So part of it is, what is their earning potential? And this is where you get expert testimony on what their pro prospects are, right. what the likely compensation would be there. And so you'll get competing experts to say that he's a first-round draft pick, offensive tackle, a seven-year career where he'll get to the second contract, and he's going to make this much money just in contracts, as well as then endorsements and other things that come out of that. That's just the sort of objective type of data on lost income. The subject part is like, what is the loss to that young man of not being able to live out the rest of his life? And that's the intangible number that can be anything. How do you measure that? It's something juries are required to do all the time, but you're asked to determine what is the loss of the value of this person's life worth to the person who lost their life, not to their family members, you know, missing out on the opportunity to fall in love, to get married, to have your heart broken, to play professional football, to play for another national championship, the life experience for his life expectancy of probably another Sixty years or so, right? That's how you come up with that value. So if you just said this is a $20 million value on that, which I think is a low number, then you say, all right, well, what's the likelihood you're going to succeed in this case? If you think the value of his life is 20 million and there's a 10% chance you succeed in the case, you say that it's a $2 million, 10% of that 20 million. And so through negotiations and each side trying to say why their case is strong, both the defense and the pursuit of the case, that's how you get to an idea of this is what We think this chance of succeeding on this case is worth, and this is what we think the number is worth. Can we come up with a number present value today that we think makes sense to settle it? And if you can't, then you continue on with the trial.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's no there's no formula to this, but there's many ways to approach it. Bruce just laid out one of them, and the other is there's services that both Bruce and I pay for that gather jury verdicts and settlements that are made public from all over you can dial it down to just the state of Georgia just the southeast of the United States the whole United States and one thing you would do is look for what's called comparables gosh I, I hate, to, I hate yeah, to say this it's but that's it, a comparable or you know so uh, a young man who is uh, just about to graduate Georgia Tech with an engineering degree and has just interviewed with Google Microsoft and Dell but hasn't started work yet and who can work for 40 years as an engineer what What's the economic value of that life? Well, you know those those young men and women started about a buck fifty a year, and you know, or a young lawyer right out of a good law school. So you can do that kind of math with reasonable certainty. Of course, your opponents will come up with their economist who will come in about thirty percent less than yours. That's just how it works. That's the battle of the experts. But the real lawyerin. Year. I know Bruce has done many death cases, catastrophic cases. Uh, I've only handled a few, but there are lawyers that really handle a lot of them. And getting in front of that jury and with your clients, you know, the decedent's family in the courtroom with you and try to give them a number, give that jury a suggestion. I think the better way to do it is give them a path, give the jury a path to where they come up with their number. And of course, that's because you selected the jury that you think has 19 or 20-year-old young adults. You're looking for something Related that, that somebody. That And and one or two people in the jury room are going to carry your water to that big verdict at the bottom of that. We, the jury, find for the plaintiff an amount of there's just a slot. It's so hard to do. Yeah, I can so only it imagine. Is, it, that's, it's, uh, Bruce, I'm sure you've just labored over that some nights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because no, there's,
2: there's no definite there's no answer.
3: Yeah. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it's realistically trial and error, and you don't want to make an error at trial. So. Yeah. I mean, you're you're so, stuck in a position of telling your parents, well, this case just settled in Noonan, and it got $14 million, and they're like, what What does that have to do with my son? That's a legitimate response.
1: Yeah. What does happen next with this tragic story out of Athens? So let's assume the investigation
2: runs its course. The family does their own investigation. If the family decides that they want to go forward with a lawsuit against the university system, the state of Georgia, whoever it is that is a government entity that's responsible here, there's a requirement for any lawsuit you bring against the state or the county or the city that you put them on a formal notice, and it's called an anti-litem notice. Now, I give Ray grief for his fancy private school education, but <laughs> this Maria, is one of those Latin terms vocabulary
3: um, anti-litem. So before, you know, I just started PS 32. I just, I, I I just
2: to, want to remind you, and I was at PS 81. All right. <laughs> (laughs) So before you can sue, you have to send this letter that gives a full-fledged description of exactly what happens, the basis for your claim of liability, and an opportunity for the government entity that you're going against to accept a settlement offer in that anti antelitum notice. It's a tricky thing to do. A lot of lawyers don't do it properly or even know how to do it. It's something that's very easy to mess up. But if you do it right, then assuming that it's rejected, that
3: is the prerequisite you have to have before you're allowed to even file suit against the sovereign. The sovereign makes it hard. The king makes it extra hard for you to kill, king, kill or sue the sovereign. So there's an extra layer of difficulty as Bruce is pointing out. So let's say you were gonna sue Cobb County in a case where a Cobb County vehicle runs a red light and rear ends your client. You've got to get this anti anti-lydium notice which has to lay out, it's very specific. When the accident happened, what are your allegations and proof of negligence? What are the damages? And you just can't say, my client was hurt real bad. You've got to come up with specifics. And you've got to serve it on every one of the county commissioners. So in this case that that we're talking about, probably every member of the Board of Regents. And I did it one time where I sent it by first-class mail, Federal Express, certified, fax and email. In fact, the county lawyer called me up and said, please, we acknowledge service. I leave us alone. But you've got to do it right because if you don't, the sovereign wins by default.
1: That seems like a, uh, a bad recipe right there, but good lawyering would prevent that.
3: Yeah, and that's where this will come out that it says the
2: family is intending to sue because, the, again, this is public record, and anybody who's doing an open records request would see that the notice had been sent. So this will quiet down in the news for a while while the investigation goes on, unless the state wants to reveal certain bits of it if they think that'd be helpful. But once that anti-litem notice is sent, then it'll become a matter of certainly interest on sports talk radio and public interest at that point because it's it's essentially announcing that we intend to pursue our claim against you you have an opportunity to settle it now
3: but it's coming what I would say quickly would also happen after the anti-lydium notice is filed these are not mutually exclusive but before a lawsuit is filed a settlement demand a timed settlement demand letter will be sent it's gonna lay out the damages the injuries and your monetary compensation demand with under Georgia law, if you don't respond in good faith within 30 days of this letter, you're subject to additional costs of litigation, to potentially punitives. And that's something that lawyers that don't do personal injury, like Bruce does all the time, I got to do a little bit. Don't know how to do properly because it puts the defendant, especially their insurance, and in this case the state of Georgia, at a lot of risk. If they don't want to make a good faith offer and settle before that lawsuit's filed, they could pay a lot extra.
1: Alright, well let's say you're in need of good lawyering.
3: Easy to find me. You can call me anytime, 404-
2: 202-2233. You can also text me at that same number. You can email me, bruce at hagen-law.com. Call day or night. Happy to help you with Whatever you need. Um, certainly, we always appreciate any topics that might be of interest to you. So, if there's anything that you'd like to hear us talk about or uh, explain on the radio, um, send an email, give us a text, uh, p- hit us up on Twitter at peepslawyer.com. Happy to uh, respond to our listeners. Ray
3: Judice, 404 964 4185. Got email, I've got cell phone, I got everything. Just like Bruce says, when I was a baby lawyer, there was a fantastic lawyer, legendary to say to Georgia, Bobby Lee Cook passed away just a few years ago. Fantastic criminal defense lawyer. I got one of Bobby Lee's cards one time. It just said, Bobby Lee Cook lawyer didn't have no address no phone number on it if you needed him you found Bobby Lee Cook and when folks walked into the courtroom with Bobby Lee Cook everybody in the courtroom said Ooh, who, who somebody did something bad there
1: you go reach out to these guys if you need their help so for Bruce and Ray my name is Tug coward this is your
3: day in court on extra 106.3 right now American
0: heroes are in some of the most dangerous places on earth risking their lives to protect our freedom. But there are a forgotten group of heroes here at home. They face fear, loneliness, and despair, the ever-present threat of losing a loved one. These are the brave sons and daughters of the U.S. military, and they are heroes too. American Bible Society brings the hope and comfort of God's Word to the kids that need it most. Honor a hero and donate today at AmericanBible.org slash hero.
4: Make the most out of your daily commute or next road trip in a new Audi from Audi Atlanta. And what better way to do it than behind the wheel of a stylish Audi A5 Sportback. Hey, it's Finn, along with my friends at Audi Atlanta, here to introduce this city to the Audi A5 Sportback. With a versatile and athletic design, the beauty lies within. Combining the sleekness of a coupe with the practicality of a four-door hatchback. And right now, you can lease the Audi A5 Sportback for $537 per month. Find yours at audiatlanta.com. And use the Jim Ellis Expressway to start or complete your entire purchase online, or shop in person on petrie Boulevard, just inside the perimeter. Experience the thrill of driving like never before at Audi Atlanta. Offer applies to a 36-month lease, 2024 Audi A5 Sportback, 40, 537 per month, 10,000 miles per year, with 47.31 due at signing. Example stock number A25954. MSRP 49,905. Excludes tax, tag, and title fees. Offer expires 5.31.24 with approved credit.
1: Have you thought about securing your hard-earned assets? Do you have concerns about the future? Protecting assets is crucial and that's where Nelson Elder Care Law excels. As a family-owned and family-focused firm, we provide absolute assurance and peace of mind through our trademarked Absolute Protection Trust, tailored services in estate planning, probate administration, Medicaid crisis solutions, guardianship and conservatorship. Our goal is to exceed your expectations and empower informed decisions. Visit nelsoneldercarelaw.com for asset protection and peace of mind.